Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 32 of Pigskins and Nylon presented by TabEase.com, the best Delta 8 edible on the market. I'm Wally Lukashinsky. Casey's doing engagement photos tonight, so it's going to be Hayden Ramsey and I manning the ship ourselves. Lucky him. Lucky him is right. Hayden, how are you doing, buddy? Heard you have your last regular season game of the season this weekend. It is, yeah. Last last game of football season, most likely, unless we there's some crazy shakeups here, then maybe we can sneak into the playoffs. But right now, it's looking very unlikely. But we do have a good shot if we if we come out and play good, we can we can end the season with a win, finish up with four wins, which you know is not anybody's goal. But after the first couple weeks, we made some improvements, which is very good. But uh, I don't really get a break. Basketball season starts on Monday, so I'll be right back at it, mostly with the same with the same group of kids. So just looking forward to kind of a little bit of change of pace. I'm sure it will be nice to have a little change in pace. And credit to you guys, though, because even when I got there and watched your guys' game at the beginning of September, late August, whatever it was, I mean, I didn't think that was a team that was going to be able to get to three or four wins. So the fact that you guys have been able to do what you have, took credit to you guys. So congrats and good luck to you in your basketball season and good luck on Friday. Exciting things on my end career-wise here. I hope I have good news coming up here in the next few weeks. I'm this go- is breaking news to me right now. It's not breaking news yet. There's nothing happening yet. But I'm in talks with a few people in Columbus, and hopefully that can... Not only would that be good for me to be in the area, still have fun work that I enjoy doing, but it keeps all three of us within an hour or two drive of each other. Who do I need to call? I'll call <laughs> you them right have to now. Call. Exactly. Yeah, you don't even worry about it. Just keep your fingers crossed, everybody out there. This is... We're thinking we're going in the right direction. I'm getting encouraged. So I appreciate you, Hayden. Appreciate you. But let's jump in. Positive vibes only, baby. Positive you know, I vibes I need my only. positive vibes only hat on, but I'm a, I am screwed up. I'm an idiot. I don't have it. That's all right. Well, we'll figure that out anyways. For anybody who doesn't get that, that's a barstool reference. I don't You have to be living underneath a rock if you don't understand, if you didn't get that. But With the way you and I like to gamble, though, too, it's like the perfect gambling mentality. Because you need to have the positive. You and I and Casey, the first time all year, we had a terrible week collectively. I don't think any of us finished over 500 in our picks. We all finished a couple units down, I'd say. I think you were like two. You, I mean, quote unquote, won the week. You lost us less money than uh, than Casey and I did. But we're, we're going to turn it around because positive vibes only. Yeah, and my positive vibe uh, this week is I am up. A unit with my actual bookie so i was down a couple weeks ago i was down about three units and i built myself back i'm all the way back to a unit in the positive i'm not going to tell you guys how much my unit is because i don't want anybody to judge me here but uh i'm in the positive so that's a good sign i admire it positive is all good and and you're up too even on the course of year we were talking about it before the show you're up three hundredths of a unit now which doesn't sound impressive until you realize we started really slow and you have really torn it up in the last month. So last week, it's gone. And my unit on the podcast is a million dollars. So <laughs> that really means I'm up like You're right. 30K. Yeah. You're, yeah, that's the best part. You bet a million dollars each game and you're still only up 30K. That's crazy to think about. But you're up 30K. So there you have it. But uh, we'll, we'll get into our topics now. And I know that since Casey isn't here, it's not going to be a Casey's recruiting corner. But hey, you're also a diehard recruiting guy. So I want to throw it to you now, have an impromptu 
Haynes recruiting corner. Do you have any news? I saw, and I'm sure a lot of Buckeye fans saw, we had a little bit of news earlier in the week. What do you have for us? So Nebraska got a three-star linebacker uh, recruit from their own backyard out of Omaha. Pretty good for them, I guess, closing their closing their borders, I guess. There's not too many primetime recruits in Nebraska these days. But that's a good, a good get for them. Iowa also got a running back commit. And this guy is actually from Ohio. He's from uh, Hamilton, which I think is around Cincinnati. So he's he's not horribly rated. He's a three-star, 525 overall in the country. So not like, you know, some 1,000-level player. Obviously not a guy Ohio State would be looking at for a running back commit, which makes sense given the fact that he's going to Iowa. So good for them. Well, real quick on Hamilton, just a funny little side antidote for other Ohioans out there. Hamilton has won, like, best tap water in the country multiple times, and they brag about it, right? And here's the thing. I had a, I guess, somebody on my floor in my freshman year at Ohio State at Moral Tower, and she came up and she was bragging about this water nonstop. It was the worst water I've ever had in my entire life. I don't even know how you can grade tap water, but whoever did it, there are bribes, and I promise there's corruption in Hamilton. So good for this kid for getting out. That is facts you can only hear on uh, Pigskins and Nylon, baby. That's, Absolutely. That's what we're all about. Big tap yeah, water so- podcast here. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on here to some of the bigger fish here in the Big Ten. Michigan got a commit from Damani Dent, who is a safety from Jacksonville. This, I don't, I don't really know. This is one of those commits that seems like it probably won't last, or if it does, it's not good for Michigan because he is ranked as the 1400th player uh, in the country. So he's a low three-star. He has offers from the likes of Akron and Buffalo and Eastern Kentucky, which is just strange. We've seen Michigan do this before, and sometimes they stick and sometimes they don't. So just an, just very interesting commit or, or target here for Michigan. They are literally the only team on this list that looks somewhat competitive. So it's a lot of smaller schools here, which is just interesting. But they did get a commit, so I just figured that was worth mentioning. And then, like Wally mentioned, Ohio State, uh, I'm going to start with the lower one. They got an offensive tackle from uh, the great state of Ohio. He is definitely one of those developmental pieces on the offensive line. I just gave Michigan some some crap here about grabbing a lower-ranked prospect. This guy is the 12th, 1,200th player in the country, which doesn't seem like a player that Ohio State normally would take. But I... I hate to be like this because it makes me come off seeming like I'm saying everything's fine. I think offensive line recruiting is a little different, though. Like, these guys, you can develop a lot differently than some of these athlete positions. Plus, I think this is a is kind of a notice of how Ohio State views itself recruiting offensive line right now. It's, it's not going well. They're missing out on some big-time prospects, which definitely hurts them. So, yeah, definitely someone that's going to need some development here. And then the last one, this one is our normal what you expect out of Ohio State top 70 kid defensive end here his name is Kenyatta Jackson from Florida so a big time get for Larry Johnson once again it seems like every year he's pulling some kind of guy from either down south or somewhere outside of you know Ohio to play some defensive line for him so really looking I mean that's a that's a huge get for for Ohio State in the recruiting world 
Well, and one more comment on that, just because, I mean, when he did even commit to, he mentioned Larry Johnson specifically, and that should tell you too, if you're a Buckeye fan, this guy is such a hidden gem that outside of the city of Columbus, I don't feel like a lot of people understand how vital he is to the success of the Buckeyes. And if this guy can just keep bringing in these pass rushers, keep bringing in these defense alignment, it's, I mean, the Buckeyes are always going to be in the mix at the end of the year, if they can continue to do this. And I mean, this year we haven't even seen what we would like to see out of Ohio State, and they're still just starting to come together. So good for Larry Johnson, good for Buckeye fans everywhere. Now our last topic here before we get into our game previews, and it's less of a topic, just more of an FYI for you guys out there. Basketball's three weeks away, and that just kind of snuck up on us as we've been enjoying the college football season here. But we'll have a college basketball little preview here in a few weeks, but I just wanted to ask... You, Hayden, since Casey isn't here too, what is it that you're most looking forward to college basketball season? Is it kind of like the college football year where we talked about how this was different, our excitement level had been unprecedented, or is the Dwayne Washington thing kind of sombering your mood a bit? Yeah, I think one of the things that really is going to be nice about the Big Ten, or maybe not, depending on how you look at it, is how deep the conference is going to be. There's going to be some really great teams you're talking Illinois and Michigan at the top who are going to be absolutely phenomenal but I think there's there's decent depth all the way maybe not to the to the very very bottom but all the way until maybe you get to like 10 or 11 and even once you get down there we talked we talked way way at the beginning of our podcast in the first couple of days how Nebraska pulled in some McGowan's some pretty, let's <laughs> go yeah yeah he, we, they, how they pulled in some really great recruits and it'll just be interesting to see how you know that blends and how much time he really gets and how competitive I guess that could make them dirt throughout conference play you're so right and I'm honestly so excited to see how deep this conference can be this year I know we always at least with the three of us we've talked about in the past like the big 10 and ACC challenge and a year like this with how deep the ACC or how deep the big 10 is excuse me this could be a really special year, and I know we say it every single time, but I really do feel like the Big Ten has a shot to win a national title this year between Michigan and Illinois, and I mean, that'd be great for the conference that hasn't seen one in 20 years. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be huge. Even outside, those are the two, you know, horses at the top that, were, that really probably are going to carry the weight come March, but... There's even quality teams like right behind that. You're still talking the likes of Michigan State with Tom Izzo. You're talking Ohio State has a lot of guys back. Yes, they lost Dwayne Washington, but they're returning EJ Liddell. Kyle Young's going to be the super senior this year. They still got nice pieces along with some very young talent that could really play and have a huge impact for them. So there's there's a lot of quality teams here in the conference, and it's just going to be exciting to see how that all plays out. Yeah, I think the biggest issue is going to be the cannibalization again because these teams are going to have to beat up on each other. And once you get into March, it's that, I guess, argument of philosophy. Would you rather be really battle-tested in a regular season or would you like to come in with fresh legs, not beat up? We, I feel like the Big Ten as a conference, we see them beat each other up. Perhaps that's part of the problem, but it'll make for a great season nonetheless. And we will be talking about that more here in the coming weeks. I know Casey will be fired up to talk about his not. So he's he's a Michigan basketball fan, I believe. Yeah, still. his whole life doesn't make sense right now. 
It really doesn't, but we'll, we'll have to ask him about it. I know he's fired up about seeing the Wolverines basketball team as it is. But before we get into our game previews, we want to remind you guys, Pigskins and Nylon is brought to you by TabEase.com, the best Delta 8 THC edible on the market. It is sugar-free, keto-friendly, gluten-free, heat-resistant, and made of 100% pharmaceutical-grade ingredients with consistent dosing for the perfect edible experience. But hey, if you're not into Delta 8 THC, that's not a problem. TabEase offers an option with the no THC while using the same proprietary drug delivery system to ensure that guaranteed dosage. Right now, TabEase.com offers three flavors, galactic fruit, watermelon, and mint. Mint is my personal go-to, and it's perfect for any time you want to pop one in. I got to tell you a real quick story. Hey, you'll enjoy this. So I was at that wedding last weekend in Wisconsin, and I was literally a nervous freaking wreck. I couldn't even get beer down anymore, and you know the type of people we are. It's difficult to imagine we struggle drinking beer, but it was one of those nerves that I couldn't even do it. But I threw a tab ease before, anxiety was down, I felt pretty good. Naturally, right after, I'm able to throw the beers back left and right. It was a great evening. So if you it's nice. It's one of those things if you're a highly anxious person, struggle to go to sleep or whatever like me, it's a nice little thing. So please make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook at tabease.com. That's tabease C O. That's spelled T-A-B-E-A-S-E-C-O to be the first to know when they drop. You can get any of these products at tabbies.com. And with the promo code BIG10, that's B-I-G-1-0, you can get 20% off your entire order. And here's the big one in free shipping. Before we get into the game previews here real quick, Hayden, the buys. So this was another week where we're going to see a couple top 11 teams that are not playing into Big Ten which is a bummer, but this time of year, the way they've been, I mean, I guess, performing, it's it's nice to give these guys a little bit of a break. Michigan State, Iowa, they're both in a bye, and then Rutgers and Nebraska, it's a different kind of tier, different discussion, but they're also on a bye this week as well. So our first game is actually the Northwestern Wildcats going to Ann Arbor to play the number six. That's crazy. The number six-ranked Michigan Wolverines. It's not 1995 anymore. The Wolverines are just here again. I'll throw it over to you here in a second, but I just had to point out a couple like eye-boggling stats when you look at this game. So Michigan is a 23.5-point favorite, and in most times I would say that that's a lot of points. But Northwestern is giving up 205 rushing yards per game, which is alarming. That's 117th in the nation, clearly the worst in the Big Ten. It's like 40-something yards worse in the Big Ten. Oh, and by the way, Michigan's offense is just high-powered on the ground. Do you have Michigan covering the 23 and a half here and the over under is set at 51 and a half? Yeah, I have Michigan winning this game by a very large margin. Northwestern's not good. I know they won last week against Rutgers. Like I said, it, it turns out I cannot say anything nice about Rutgers and, they're, and they look to be horrible. So I'm not giving Northwestern credit for that win. I mean, I guess they get credit for it, but I'm not actually – thinking about it when I'm talking about this game. Michigan's going to win by a large margin. I, I think that duo in the backfield is going to have a really big day. Uh, you just laid out the the stats of how much rushing yards Northwestern has given up, and I I don't see that being anything to change after this game. Michigan's going to, going to handle their business to get out of there. I'm taking the under because Northwestern's offense sucks. And I have a theory. This is my theory this year, Wally. 
everybody sucks. Like, literally everybody sucks. There's only, like, one good team in college football right now, which is kind of crazy. So, yeah, take the under. Yeah, no, the backfield's going to have a massive day for Michigan. This is one of those games. I mean, two or three weeks ago, I want to say Northwestern gave up, like, 400-plus yards rushing to Nebraska. That's unbelievable. And if Nebraska's doing it, I understand they, they mixed it up through a little of that triple option out of shotgun look at them. Michigan's going to overpower them early and often in this game. But the part that got me is, so I guess I should say this first. Yes, I am taking Michigan minus 23 and a half. I'm actually taking the over though. I have Michigan scoring enough to almost get there themselves. 41-14 final score there. But Casey said a few weeks ago, we'll have to ask him here on Sunday, assuming that this game goes to plan. He called J.J. McCarthy starting against Ohio State to end the year. But I don't know when it's going to happen. You look at this schedule down the stretch here, man. Northwestern, you're going to blow the doors off them. If you beat Michigan State at Michigan State, you can't pull them after that. You should dominate an Indiana team that's just not good. Then you go to Happy Valley. That's where it's difficult. They'll probably lose that game. But do you really pull Cade McNamara at the 10th week of the, or after your 10th game of the year when they've done as well as they have? Good I have luck. a hard time. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like this is the week. Right? If they don't do it this week, then I don't know where it could happen. Because, like you said, the schedule just isn't in a position. They're not in a position with their schedule to make that change now. What are they going to do? Start them at Nebraska or at Maryland and then play Ohio State the next week? I just don't think that's in their best interest. If you were on the bandwagon like me, you would have said start the dude from day one. That I mean, I've, I've literally have been calling it. I don't, I don't know. There have you not, said that yet? I, I don't know. Have you believed that J.J. McCarthy should be starting since day one? I feel like it's every single episode. You're like ready to go to war for J.J. McCarthy. You're like, how is this kid not starting? Yeah, well, it just makes absolutely no sense. There's not a game. I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. There's not a game on their schedule that they would have lost with him starting so far. And if you make it through six games in a bye week, then he's probably ready to go for the last half of the season. So I don't know. I I think we might look back kind of at this season, especially this last half of the season, and I hate to be a downer about Michigan all the time, but we might be looking back at like a what if. Like what if they would have pulled the trigger on McCarthy to start the season, maybe the last stretch of games goes a little differently. Because that stretch is tough. At Michigan State, the next week, home versus Indiana, which Indiana's not good, but their defense is okay. At Penn State, at Maryland, who will probably put up some points, I would guess, on them. And then to finish the season with Ohio State. Like, if they were going to play this kid, they had to do it way sooner. And it's going to be difficult, too, because I think they will win the next three games. And they might lose at Happy Valley, but how is that where you give a kid a death sentence? Like, hey, you're pulled. Sorry, man. I don't think you can do it there. And then don't beat Maryland. Maryland hasn't been the same. We'll get into that here in a second. And then you're right. It turns into what-ifs because then if you go and play Ohio State, and Ohio State jumps on you early, then you make the switch. You have that question in your head. Had he been in all year, could we have competed with the Buckeyes? And I think it might just be one of those too little, too late scenarios. This is my dream scenario as an evil Ohio State fan. They go into that game against Ohio State either 10-1 and or 11-0, and and Ohio State gets up on them early, like by a decent margin. They're like, okay, we're going to play this McCarthy kid 
He comes in absolutely balls out, but falls just short, and we beat him by like a touchdown or something. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, God, if we would have played this kid the whole year, we would have won the Big Ten, and that would just make my whole year. Yeah, you really are vindictive, but that's the point of this rivalry, right? We're supposed to hate on each other, and I try my best while we're on here to say I don't want that, but you best believe I want pain and misery for that whole entire city, state, everything. So if that happened, I'll have to try my best to keep a straight face the whole time on here. One more thing. Sure, uh, sure. You you talked about their schedule. Obviously, they're going to win this week. It's not even going to be close. They play at Michigan State the following week, and I've been and I've been hammering this for a few weeks now about fake good wins. Michigan is going to have a fake good win at Michigan State because Michigan State's not good, in my opinion. They're not good, and Michigan's going to go in there and beat them, and everybody's going to be like, "Oh, Michigan just won at Michigan State." Well, yeah, that's great, but it's a fake good win, and they might. I'm not playoff sold on Penn talk State will yet. be loud. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. The playoff talk, I mean, if it's not already starting to creep in, after that, when they're 8-0 and and they have uh, four games to go, the, the playoff talk's going to be loud. And it's going to be bolstered behind a fake good win at Michigan State. Yeah, we'll get him. Hopefully have an, an undefeated matchup there next week. We should. It'd be really difficult to imagine it not happening at this point. But that will be a really fun game, and I'm really excited to talk about that next week. Can I just get on a tangent about Michigan? And we don't have to include this in the in the audio. You can edit this out. Oh, I need to get this do. off. Go for it. We need. To, I need to get this off my chest. They beat a Rutgers team by a touchdown. It, it turns out Rutgers is not good, and that second half was absolutely brutal for them. They beat an absolutely putrid, putrid Wisconsin offense. Like that offense is horrible. And then they followed up by beating a Nebraska team that we had the death sentence on, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe they start creeping back, but then they just lost to Minnesota, so who knows? They only beat them by 3-2. So it's like, yes, they're 6-0, but they've won a couple games here that if they were, you know, that upper echelon team, they should be winning by more than a field goal and a touchdown against Rutgers and Nebraska. I think a large part of that, and you see it throughout the Big Ten, is that simply their pass attack is not good enough to basically blow out the teams they should blow out. And you see it throughout the Big Ten. I mean, Iowa last week, if you don't have that kind of scoring ability on the offensive side of the ball, and I'm not saying Michigan doesn't because their rush attack is very, very good. But if you don't have that pass attack, you're going to occasionally find yourself in games that are closer than they should be. So I still think Michigan's very, very, very good. I just don't necessarily, I'm not on the best team in the Big Ten or playoff talk quite yet. And who knows, maybe that changes if they take care of business against Michigan State and Penn State. Maybe I get a little nervous going into that, the game, in Ann Arbor for the second straight time, which is bizarre too. We'll talk about that more when that week eventually does get here. But let's go into our next game here. Illinois is traveling to Happy Valley to face number seven, Penn State Nittany Lions. This game's also at noon. This one's on ABC, so this is the second time this year Illinois is getting, well, I guess the third time if you consider the Friday games. They're getting the red carpet brought out for them, big-time TV game. But unfortunately, they're 23.5-point dogs, and it's going to be very difficult for me to imagine them covering here. Penn State's going to win this game. They're going to win this game big. They cover 23.5. The under hits. Which, by the way, the under is 46.5. They win 42-3. to three. But here's the reason why. Illinois can't score. In the last four games, just to give you an idea, 
they've given up 71 points, which is pretty good. I mean, that's 17.7 or something like that points per game. But in that same stretch, they only won one game. And they were averaging 12.5 points a game. That's unbelievable. If you have a defense that's giving up less than 20 points in four straight games and you come away with one win, and that win was against, I mean, who, I, who was it? It was some nobody team as well. So I just think that Penn State's going to really do well here. But my biggest question, what I'm going to throw to you, who's going to be the guy for Penn State in a run game? Kayvon Lee finally had more attempts than Noah Kane against Iowa, but it wasn't like either of them was good. So whose job is it? Penn State almost seems like the reverse Michigan, right? Michigan can run the ball and, and but not really throw it. Penn State can't run the ball for anything. I don't even know how that's possible. But they can kind of throw it. They have some decent receivers. Clifford's making decent decisions for the most part. It's just bizarre how no one outside of Ohio State seems like on the offensive side of the ball can really be have both facets of the game working. Just weird. This game, I don't think it will be close. But there, a part of me thinks maybe this is a look-ahead game for Penn State where, yes, they're playing at home. It's kind of a noon game. Sleepy Illinois comes to town. Maybe they don't come out quite ready to go. and Maybe it looks like that for the first quarter, maybe even the first half. But at the end of the day, I think Penn State's going to get the job done. I have them covering the 23-and-a-half. And I also have the over. And I know you just gave me the stats on Illinois' offense. But I think maybe for the first half, if Penn State's still sleeping a little bit, maybe they can score at least a touchdown or in a field goal. I'm hoping. I mean, that's 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 my only play here, really. I, I think Penn State will probably be in the 30s, which then requires Illinois to score me at least 10. So that's my play for this one. One more question, I guess, before I give it a question. The only reason I've worried about 10 points, even for Illinois, hear this. 245 total passing yards in their last three games. It's 2021. You wouldn't know it by looking at that. But I, I wanted to ask you, if Sean Clifford doesn't play on Saturday, because he still is listed as questionable with that upper body injury, do you worry a little bit more that Penn State, I mean, for them, I think it would turn into they have to get to, what, 31 to cover? Potentially 34. Do they get 31 points against a halfway decent Illinois defense? No. Wait, I, I guess I don't know your question. Are you asking if the game's going to be closer if he doesn't play? Well, obviously it's going to be closer if he doesn't play. But let's say he is ruled out. Do they get to 30 points to get the cover? Because that's the only way I feel like you and I on Sunday morning are looking at this and be like, what the hell happened? No. But I think if he doesn't play, then Penn State's defense is going to play lights out. And Illinois might literally be shut out. And then I might go over 2 on this pick because that's just how things work in my life. Oh, that's hilarious. Sure to man. Here's the next one. And to everybody else, it's just another game. But to this podcast, it feels personal. We got a case of beer on the line. Wisconsin is traveling to West Lafayette to face the now-ranked number 25 Purdue Boilermakers. This game's at 3 o'clock on Big Ten Network. I felt bad for Purdue. I was kind of hoping they threw an ESPN2, ESPNU even at it. But no, they're stuck on Big Ten Network. But Wisconsin is favored by 2.5 points in this game. And the over-under is a very Wisconsin this year, 39.5 points. I'll go to you first on this one. We already know where you're picking. I think we know where Casey and I are picking, too. 
I take it you have Wisconsin minus two and a half. Wally, I am officially making history on our Are you podcast. super locking this? I am actually putting a double super lock on this game, which is the first time I've ever done this, which I know will come back and royally bite me in the ass. I, I'm sticking to my guns. Wisconsin, minus two and a half, super lock. I'm taking the over because 39 points, man. That's just, that's brutal. That's going to be a brutal game to watch. I'm taking the over. And then I'm also super locking Wisconsin money line since it's only a two and a half point spread. I am going, I am putting a whopping five units on this game. So you know I'm going to be glued to this boy, to this game on uh, Saturday at three o'clock, which is ab- absolutely brutal, like you said. The first time in history I'm putting a super lock on two picks in a week and then two picks in one game. Unbelievable, but I have that much confidence. Plus, I'm going to win a case of beer from both of you. So I'm going to have, I'm going to win, I'm going to be five units on this one. I'm win, winning two ca- cases of beer. I am going to be living like a king after this game. I hate to do this, man. This is unprecedented for me too. But I'm going to probably double unit up on this too. This is a Wally winner right here. That's mine. It's not a super lock. It's a Wally winner. This is Purdue is going to not only cover the two and a half. They're going to win this game outright. And I'm going to tell you why. This defense is not the Purdue Boilermakers defense we are accustomed to. This defense is for real right now, man. This team has averaged 14 points per game given up. That's the second best in the Big Ten behind the Penn State Nittany Lions. I mean, the only time they've given up more than 21 points all year was against Notre Dame. And that was a late touchdown that got them there. This is going to be really tough for Wisconsin to get points. And this Purdue offense showed against what we, I guess you and I are a little more reserved on the Iowa defense than Casey is, but they put up a lot of yards. Aiden O'Connell looked really good in that game. And, and here's the other reason. Graham Mertz. You want to talk about me going complete heel turn on Graham Mertz in Wisconsin this year? They hurt me to my core. I picked them to go 12-0. I was all excited about Graham Mertz. He was going to be the guy. I got burned all fall. Not anymore. He is only thrown for over 141 yards twice this year. They're 0-2 in those games. And get a load of this. In those games, he's thrown 185 yards and 240 yards. One touchdown, six combined interceptions. Get out of here with that noise. Purdue wins. Not only do they win, they win 30-14, to so the over hits. Let's go Boilermakers. That, that is absurd. And... Just to be clear, are you taking are you are you putting the Wally winner on both money line and two plus two and a half? Are you doing both? I'm doing it on the money line. I'm not doing it on the spread. Wally winner is gonna be a one only, so I'm going with that money line pick. And that's gonna be where you look back and you're like, wow, why did Wally win this week by like 10 units? It's because of that money line pick right there. I will say that if you if you hit this and you get this right, this is either a make it or break it week for me. If I win, and I win this all, I sweep this game. Not that I'm, you know, it's super great odds for me, but just having those units is going to help me a ton. On the other hand, if you win this, Purdue plus 2.5 is plus 106. Like, it's an underdog at plus 2.5. Then they're plus 134 on the money line. You know, two units on that. Wally's going to be swimming in some cash here, especially with a million-dollar unit. This game could really 
changed the outlook on the season. You know, I'm still in striking distance of you on the total for the year. If you sweep this, I don't. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I'd have to really climb these last couple of weeks to get back where you're at. Yeah, if I, you're right. If I hit this, I might really put a stranglehold on this. And then you know what that turns into is not only do you owe me a case of beer for the Purdue winner, we're eventually going to get back to the case of beer for the overall year winner. Or was that dinner out? Either way, I might just make this an entire evening on you guys. Oh, I can't. This is what makes it fun. We're going to be sitting there watching Wisconsin-Purdue. Teams combined for like seven losses already. uh, And we're going to be sweating bullets talking about this game in the group text. I'm going to have like a freaking 10-foot drum installed in my room if they win this game. But we'll figure that out once it does happen because you guys know to go with Wally's winners. This is really a question of super luck versus Wally winners. This might put me out of business real early, but we'll go into our next game, which I'm not kidding. Ironically, we go from locks to this game might be the game I feel least confident in in the entire Big Ten season. I looked at this game individually for probably an hour because I truly am trying to find where it is. Like figure out where, you know, because typically if you study these enough, you at least have an idea of how the game's going to go. I'm clueless, man, because Minnesota's a four and a half point favorite in this game, and the over-under set at a high Maryland high, I guess, 54 and a half. Last year, these teams played in a thriller. It was 45-44 in overtime, Maryland won. I was actually, We watched that together, yeah, didn't we? We were at a bar up there in Northwest Ohio. I can't even remember what that was for. That was awesome. That was last year, right? Yeah, why, why oh, were we there? Yeah. Why uh, were we there? To drink beer, I think. Yeah, I mean it's a great reason. I don't I guess that's good enough for anything. More or less, what I'm saying is this team, look at this. Minnesota, this year, they're three and one and looked very impressive versus non-MAC teams. Scored 30 or more three times, but then they played those bowling green Falcons and then the Miami Redhawks, and they looked real bad in both of those games. What are we going to get out of Minnesota? And then Maryland on the flip side. Dante Demas, since he's been gone, this Maryland team has scored 24 points in seven quarters. I'm going to... God, I'd love to give you good reasons, but I'm going to take Maryland plus four and a half. I'm going to say Minnesota wins this game by a field goal. And that's kind of my way of hedging almost more or less on this. I'm going to take Minnesota to win this game 24 to 21 in the under hits. Do you have an idea on this game? Because I'm still struggling, man. No, this game, you said it so well. This game is the toughest game, in my opinion, on the slate to bet. And honestly, I would not touch this game for anything if you're betting actual money. My pick is going to be funny to you. In my head, I think the play is Maryland plus four and a half. But since I'm always wrong... I'm going Minnesota minus four and a half. That's great. Fade yourself. I think it's a great yes. idea. I some at some points people have to learn that to gamble, you're gonna be wrong and you have to fade yourself at points. And this is one of those games where I don't know, and it's one of those games that I always get wrong. So I'm going against myself and going Minnesota minus four and a half. One thing I do feel a little bit comfortable with and I, apparently you don't is I do think the over hits in this game. I think both teams will be able to score, you know, throughout this game, the over, which is again, this is a bad side for me. The over is a big favorite. If you look at the actual odds 
in this game, so I'll probably lose that too, but hey, at least I tried. This game is so this game is very unpredictable. I have I literally have no idea what which Tanner Morgan's gonna be there, which which two his little bro's gonna come to play. Like there's a lot of things that are huge question marks about this game that I have no idea. I don't have any idea either. And I mean, just real quick, the little funny story that you mentioned about the gambling and fading yourself. Ironically, today, earlier, I was talking with my buddy up in Wisconsin, Ty Smith, who actually got us to hook up with Tabby's. So he is the man. But I was telling him over the weekend because I got cold and he kept asking for my picks. And I told him the same thing you just did. I'm like, dude, fade me. I think this is going to happen. So please bet the other. I'm trying to, you have to have humility in gambling because the sports gods know. The gambling gods know when you get too high, they knock you down. So being, what, I guess smart and fading yourself on games like this, you ain't getting nothing. That, what, no disrespect from me whatsoever, Hayden. But we'll go now into our final game where our Ohio State Buckeyes, the number five ranked Ohio State Buckeyes, are going to Bloomington. And this was a game going into the year we really were nervous about. We thought this might be that game that can trip the Buckeyes up later in the year. I mean, I don't see it now. I mean, the Buckeyes are 19.5 point favorites. The over is set at 60 and a half. I thought this was a crazy stat, so I have to tell you. Ohio State is 27-0-1 against Indiana since 1988. And only seven times in that stretch, and I'm talking about eight points or under, only seven of those games ended being a one-possession game at the end of it. I think it's going to stay at seven another time here, Hayden. I'm taking the Buckeyes. I'm taking them to cover. I'm going to have the under, though, and it's not an under because I don't think the Buckeyes are going to score. They're going to be up 42-16 to 16 in this game. I just don't know about Indiana. I'll let you talk about it, too. You sent something in a group text with us earlier today about the Indiana quarterback position. So on top of giving us your picks, can you tell us what's going on with that? Yeah, I was reading an article on 24-7 Sports. That's one of my go-tos for everything college football related. And it sounds like, and now I can't remember the quarterback's name. I guess I could look. Donovan McCulley. Yeah, Donovan McCulley. It sounds like Indiana is going to lean on this kid a lot more. I was reading the article, and it said the second half of the season. Now, that makes me believe that Penix probably isn't ready to come back. It seems like they lost faith in Jack Tuttle. And I would not be surprised if he is the starting quarterback on Saturday against Ohio State, which is a super daunting task, even against an Ohio State defense that has struggled at the beginning of the year. They still have athletes all over the field that he probably is not used to that kind of speed yet. So that'll be very interesting if he is, in fact, the starter. With that being said, Yeah, we talked about this game at the beginning being some sort of a trap. You know, game right before Penn State. We thought thought Indiana was going to be, you know, on the same par as they were last year. And they just aren't. That offense has really, really struggled. Uh, It looks like, you know, they're searching for answers at the quarterback position, which I, I can't imagine that this guy is going to be it or going to be ready yet, I should say. So I'm taking the Buckeyes minus 19 and a half. And I feel really, really good about this. I almost put the super lock on it, but I, I never want to do that again with my own team because that is very, very bad juju. But I think if you look at the line right now, we got this at a very good number. I think it's all the way at the 21 right now, which just shows you where the money is coming in on Vegas. Like Wally, um, I'm taking the under 
And that's not because Ohio State. I, I think they're going to score. I just don't think Indiana will. And Wally, your, your score prediction is interesting. You have Indiana scoring 16. I would assume that's three field goals that they'll get. And Indiana has a knack for that driving down the field and not being able to punch the ball in the red zone. If they settle for field goals in this game, the game's going to be over in a, in a heartbeat because Ohio State, you can't kick field goals against them. You have to score touchdowns when you're in position in a scoring position at all. So they, if that means going for it on fourth and four from the 16-yard line, they have to do it because they have to score touchdowns. They cannot kick field goals. So, yeah, that's just kind of my basic thoughts. I, I really want to kind of go a little bit more in depth on this if we have time. No, absolutely. Before we go in more depth, there's a couple other things I did want to touch on real quick. And first of all, I think going back to what you were talking about with Donovan McCulley, I think Tom Allen's smarter than that. I think he's going to be the guy that will start Tuttle or whoever if Penix is healthy. I, I mean, I haven't seen that. But if they do start Tuttle, that's a good excuse for them when they're down three or four scores to throw in the freshman, then get a little bit less of an, a, what, a hungry and high-flying Buckeyes team and perhaps get them a little accustomed to that high speed of the Big Ten that way. So that's what I think I'm going to be calling for because I noticed in that article they didn't mention starting. It just was being turned to more. So that's why I think that they might throw to him in the, the second half a little bit. But the other thing I wanted to note is that even though we talk pretty highly of the Indiana defense, they have given up almost 27 points a game this year, and it's ranked 13th in that regard in the Big Ten. That's that's going to be tough against a Buckeyes team like that. And I think they're a large part of the reason we, I guess, inflate how good this Indiana defense can be is because, or at least for me, I'm in love with Michael McFadden. He's kind of like my Cam Jurgens, where Mount Rushmore of Big Ten football players right now, he just screams mean SOB middle linebacker. And I really like him. And I just wish that, I don't know. I wish that he would go out in a better way than this final year for him. But yeah, what was your question you asked me so I don't uh, screw up and forget it? No, I didn't I didn't really ask a question. I, I, I guess I wanted to kind of just have a, a discussion about C.J. Stroud and his, what, what we think his performance will look like against Indiana because like we've mentioned, while the defense is giving up points, they do usually provide some exotic looks which could be tricky for a young guy. We saw that even last year with Justin Fields having some trouble against the Indiana offense. That was his worst game of the year by far with multiple turnovers. I think we find out actually a lot about C.J. Stroud in this game. If he's able to handle pressure and handle these looks, I, I think that's a, a, a fantastic sign for Ohio State for the rest of the year. You're absolutely right. I mean, some of those looks we saw last year in Justin Fields, just naturally he was a guy that was a top 12, top-ish, top 10 pick-ish. Should have been QB1. He should have been QB... Uh, no, he should have been QB2. I'll take that back. He should have been QB2 off yeah, the board. Yeah, he should have been a top five pick. It shouldn't have been a question. The fact he fell that far, lucky for Chicago, good for them. But, I mean, you would see those stunts and you'd see those blitzes where he would actually only send four, but you would drop like linemen back and the line would look really confused. I think, though, because of how experienced and how big this offensive line is, I think they're going to learn. I think it's going to be a hyper point, like a hyper fixation for Ryan Day this week because I do think they were a little embarrassed last year by Tom Allen and what that Indiana defense could do. So I think that that offensive line is going to answer the bell. So we're not even going to have to ask as many questions about C.J. Stroud because I think the line does enough 
that he's still able to get rid of the ball quick enough. He doesn't have to face the adversity yet, which I guess is kind of a good and a bad thing because I'd like to see him a little more battle-tested before we get into Penn State and Michigan State and Michigan. Yeah, and just remember, Ohio State is coming off a bye, so that does give them, I don't know if they would spend their bye week looking at Indiana. Maybe they do. But if they do feel that way and they felt Indiana provided some uh, some trouble from them last year, that might have been one of the focal points that they had during the bye week, which, you know, for Ohio State, that's nice because it gives them an extra week of preparation for that. With an offense as good as Ohio State's is, C.J. Stroud just has to basically not screw up right now. And I think they're going to basically put him in a position for that to happen. I mean, the line's great. You have an outstanding young running back. You have the best wide receiver room in the country. These are those kind of games that you need to just see him handle his business. Don't go out there and turn the ball over. It's okay to occasionally, if you have to take a sack or something like that, you take the sack, we live the fight another day. Because Indiana should not be able to score in Ohio State more than, well, I don't know, what would you say, like 20 to 24 would be your high end if worse comes to worse. And I don't think it gets that high. So if C.J. Stroud just keeps his composure, takes those sacks when those weird looks get through the line, I think we'll be in a good spot come Sunday morning. But that is going to bring us to the end of another episode of Pigskins and Nylon, which is brought to you by Tabbies.com, the world's best Delta 8 edible. We'll be back early next week. To break down the Week 7 games, make sure you follow us on Twitter at P&NPod, Facebook at P&NPod, and Instagram also at P&NPod. We'll be giving out Casey's picks there, as I'm sure you guys noticed. We did not do it today. Because of his engagement stuff, he didn't have time to get those picks over to us. So that's okay. We'll, we'll get that out before the weekend, so keep an eye on those social media accounts, and you'll make sure you get his picks. But other than that, Hayden... What are your final thoughts before we get into the weekend? I am absolutely disgusted with the end of the Braves game last night. That was an absolute heartbreaker for me. I, you know, I, I stayed up and I watched it and I'm sitting there with Cody Bellinger up with two guys on up three. He's the tying run. And you just had that feeling. He's, he, he hasn't had a great year. But you had the feeling that he was going to just absolutely demolish the ball, and that's what he did. And at that at that moment, I was very upset. I said some choice words in the group text, and I promptly turned that game off. I didn't watch the end because I knew how it was going to end. I didn't need to watch watch them score the game-winning run. I knew it was over at that point. So that was absolutely disgusting. I get the alert today that... The Braves scratched their game four starter because of some shoulder swelling or something like that, which sucks. So I I told a buddy who bets a lot with me, I said, if you find odds on the Braves series right now, bet the Dodgers because I have a feeling that they'll come back and win. And I I still have that feeling, which, which sucks for me. I wouldn't typically agree, but I feel like coming off of the disappointing 3-1 defeat last year, that could creep in their heads if they do manage to lose tonight. And I believe, isn't it Max Scherzer who is starting for the Dodgers? Or it might be Clayton Kershaw, maybe. Regardless, you'd imagine it's going to be a difficult matchup. They're actually starting Julio Urias, which I don't even know who that is. But, oh my God, he has a fantastic right. He's 20-3 and three on the year. Holy He's, moly. That's yeah, a- I was just saying, he was in the Cy Young discussion. He's very special himself. The Dodgers are a cheat code. 
I was giving you a hard time last week about all your teams being good, but then you thought that I was talking about the Braves being a big market team. But no, this is like the Dodgers, the Yankees, those kind of teams. And when they build teams like this, it's gross. And it's why, to me, it's harder to get into baseball than it is for football, hockey, basketball even. Or like college basketball, because I can't see any NBA, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's weird. So I don't know. I am, believe it or not, Hayden, I am actually pulling for your Braves to come out of the NLCS. So I, I do hope you are in the World Series come next week's episode. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, of course. You know I got you. But my final thought for you guys is that Purdue is going to break that 14-game losing streak to Wisconsin and make sure you're on that Wally winner. Hayden will want you on that super lock for him. But regardless, it's going to be a special game. You know that we're going to be real fired up watching it. Have fun with us. Follow us on the social medias and get engaged that way too. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you back here next week for episode 33 of Pigskins and Nylon.